Hey, I'm Steph. I'm Alex. And this is Not Today, our true survival story podcast where we talk about true survival stories. Where people survive. Yep. Yep. Um, we have our Christmas tree up. That's cool. Yeah, a little three, was it three or four feet tall? It's four feet. We have a bucket head on top replacing the Christmas star. Yeah. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. Getting in that holiday spirit. Yeah. You know? Mm. Yeah. (laughs) You know what? I just want to jump right into the story because I think that this one is crazy. And also it's, I don't, I can't tell how how long it's gonna be because i have quite a few pages of notes so yeah didn't you say you have 11 we have like a lot of pages of notes for this one but I, we'll, we'll see how it goes it, it, we might surprise got ourselves. a lot of details yeah we, we got some details in there but let's not hype it up too far because hell i haven't even told the story yet and i don't yeah what is it um so this story is the chow chilla school bus kidnapping chow chilla so, yes where's that so it is a little town in California. So this story takes place in 1976 in Chowchilla, California, which is a small farm town. It's a, a not very wealthy area, but they worked really hard and um, the town was full of families and, you know, they all pretty much knew each other. Um, right. And so uh, Thursday, July 15th, Dairyland Elementary School was having their summer school program. And this wasn't a program for students that had bad grades or didn't show up to school. It was actually a program that many children wanted to attend um, because it just gave them something to do uh, for their summer. Um, there wasn't a ton of places to go in this town or things to do. So the community decided to hold this summer program um, so that the children could spend time with their friends and still continue to learn and have a good time. So they would to, spend... What? To just do something? Yeah, just to give them something. Just to do, do anything in this yeah. small town? And it, and it was cool because they would spend the first half of their afternoon, you know, learning as usual, which, you know, was good for the school. And then the second half of the afternoon, they would do this, like, fun activity or they would, you know, go on a trip or something. So it was still fun for the kids as well. Um, and so the community believed that this was a great way to keep the kids out of trouble because... And it, it would also help them to be excited to learn when they did have to go back to the full school, you know, portion of right. the year. So kind of like making learning not suck. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, this so works, oh, sorry, so, I have a question. Is yeah, like, are, is this like a voluntary enrollment thing or is mm-hmm. this like, okay, it's yeah. like, it's not like the whole school is. No, they don't have camp. to. They sign up for it. But um, pretty much the whole school did. It was... Okay. And do you know how big this town is? Like, do you know how many people about... I don't have... a small town? I don't have a number, which I know you Maybe love. Like a f- but... <laughs> I love numbers. I, I need, I need no, numbers. I don't have a number. It's a pretty small town. It's it's one of those, like, you know, communities where everyone knows each other kind of thing. So it's, okay. it's not so huge. So it's probably, like, I don't know, a couple thousand? Maybe I'm sure. A more. I don't know. But, um, so... So the program was supposed to stop on July 16th, but the children had started a petition to keep the program going for the rest of the summer. And so uh, the teachers and the bus drivers signed the petition saying that they'd love to keep working as uh, as long as the kids wanted to keep going. So um, Frank Edward Ray, um, what, who went by Ed to most adults and Mr. Ray to the kids, was the community's 56-year-old school bus driver. Um, or one of them. And he was uh, also a farmer in the area, and he had grown up in Chowchilla and knew basically everyone in the area. Um, Many of the kids he drove back and forth to school were actually the grandchildren of the people that he went to school with. Oh, whoa. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. And he loved his job, and he loved the children and the community. Um, And at that point, he had been working for about 30 years and could have retired, but he wanted to continue working and seeing the kids. Um, He wanted to be helpful and, you know, be around people. And he was just all around a great guy. He's a people person. Yeah. He's just a sweet bus driver. I loved my bus drivers growing up. They were fun. Yeah, I never rode the bus. Yeah. I was always driven by my mom. You were a drop-off? Yeah, I was a drop-off. Or I I would ride my bike to school. Oh. It was close. Even in the winter, which was fun, Hard. because there was like, um, there was like a couple. There's always like a month stretch mm-hmm. or two uh, where it got particularly bad, like in Michigan in yeah. the snow. And basically, there's a couple times where I, basically I was biking to school on ice. 
that sounds terrible. Yeah, so. on my on my uh, <laughs> my bus stop was right outside of my front door, and um, I lived like on a little corner, and there was always like a little dip in the road, and so in the winter time it would like you know fill up with ice, right? And it would be like our little our, we would call it our ice skating rink, but it was you know so tiny, but it, we would just like skate around on the little ice with our little sneakers and stuff. Nice. The the bus Fun stop times. the bus stop was the place to be. It was be. the place. Yeah, I got stories about that bus stop. It was cool. But anyway, um, yeah. So he, I'm assuming he's taking them just like on their like trips. Uh, like he's driving the kids to and from their trips, or is he like actually driving them to and from summer camp every day? So it's not summer camp. It was just like the school but you know sometimes in the half of the the second half of the day they would go on like a trip so on this day um they went to like i don't know a community swimming pool or something and he picked them up from the community swimming pool so wherever they needed to be oh hello i don't know if you can hear that but that's loud (laughs) um but so yeah wherever they needed to be picked up from he would go pick them up because again it's not a very big town and he's the school bus driver so Mm. yeah so on july 15th his job was to head to the chowchilla fairgrounds swimming pool at 345 to pick up the children um so the students he drove ranged anywhere from almost five to 14 years of age um and there weren't a ton of teens but there were a few um so all these kids hopped aboard Ed's big yellow school bus to head uh, head home down the road lined by fruit trees. Um, Ed was pretty much the perfect school bus driver. He was always there on time to pick them up and drop them off every single day. Um, the bus actually had four stops, and the parents knew that they could count on Ed to get their kids home safely. Ed's bus was the last to leave the sw- swimming pool that day. And all was well, and he made his way to the first three stops of the afternoon. Um, unfortunately, Ed's fourth and final bus stop didn't happen that day. Um, there were 26 students still on the bus along with Ed. Damn. How so, many kids were on the bus total then? I don't know. The I first mean, three. Yeah. I guess as many as fit on the school bus. <laughs> Maybe the fourth stop was like the big drop-off, you know? Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. 26 know. just sounds like it's at least still half full. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, so, you know, the school bus didn't show up for this fourth, this fourth drop off. And, you know, these parents are used to Ed bringing him or bringing their kids there on time every single day. So yeah, like he's on top of his shit all the time. Every day. So the parents tried to keep calm after the first few minutes had passed. The bus should have been there, um, thinking it's fine to be a few minutes late. Um, when the bus had been unaccounted for, for about 30 minutes is when the parents started to panic. Um, at this point, parents had gone to the street to see if they could spot the bus or see any signs of really anything. Um, and at around 4.15, the parents would start calling the school and they reached the superintendent. They asked the school if they knew of any delays since the bus hadn't shown up yet. Um, the superintendent uh, got really confused and was like, well, he dropped off the other students at the other three stops, so Ed must have just broken down somewhere in between um, and we should hear news about it soon. And so the parents started calling the bus barn, and they hadn't heard anything from Ed either, which made the parents just completely frantic. So Right, and there's no cell phone. You can't just call Ed. Right. Yeah, so many of the parents headed up to the school to question the superintendent themselves. So by 7 p.m., there was a full-blown search put out to try to find these missing children and Ed. Um, There were patrol cars everywhere that were driving up and down the bus route to see if Ed had broken down somewhere, but the problem was that Ed and his bus were nowhere to be found. (laughs) So... Yeah, such a large, like, such a unique car or, like, vehicle to disappear. To just go missing? Yeah, this enormous thing. I know. Yeah, so everyone was super confused since... Uh, like how do you lose a school bus (laughs) right since everyone had made it to the third stop so they really had no idea what could have happened in the short span but of time between ed's third and fourth stop so at first people were i mean obviously blaming ed saying that he had stolen these kids but his wife odessa who had been married to him for many many years at that point said that ed was the best man she knew and he would never do something like this he loved those kids so much and would never do anything to harm them yeah, I mean, these are his friend's grandchildren, right. you said, right? Yeah, and he, I mean, this is, this is, he's not like and a new bus driver. And he's been doing it for driver. 30 years. Yeah, he's always on time, very friendly. The kids love him. Like, he's a very good man. So 
she was like, there's no way. But I mean, the parents have no answers and this school right. bus just disappeared and they're like, what could have happened? It's a logical theory. Yeah. Yeah. So no one else had any theories or answers at this point and the bus had just vanished. So that was when the FBI was called in to assist the police department in oh, finding shit. the entire bus of children. I mean, because think about it, like for for the FBI to be called in at any point, like it's going to be for a, an entire bus of children that go missing. Yeah. You know? Like, that's crazy. Um, so by 8 p.m. that night, a new search was going on where they had helicopters flying above the area to get a better view of the complete area. They were searching, and after some time, they spotted a bus in a shallow branch of the Chowchilla River. The bus was actually... In the river? Like, just not in the river. The bus was oh. dry, but it was by the river. Okay. Um, so the bus was dry, like I said, but hadn't been pulled or but had been pulled into the river and was covered with different debris in an attempt to camouflage it. I'm confused. You said you just said it was pulled into the river. Or just like the river bank. It wasn't wet, but it was just like in the river area. Okay. So but it's like on the bank covered by shit. Yes. It's not like in the water. Yeah, but it, you can't hide an entire what 20 foot yellow school bus right, from the is, FBI. They're going to find why it. They found it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um <clears throat> excuse me, but yeah, so they found this bus, and it was covered by debris and everything, but, you know, they found absolutely nothing. There was no sign of life or evidence of the children or Ed on the bus, um, which was very concerning, but on a brighter note, they didn't find any evidence of blood or a struggle, which meant that nobody on the bus had been harmed at that point. Um, so around the area, they found swimsuits and towels and books and cotton swabs, which they assumed was from the children. Um, and the most important evidence they found were tire tracks that were above the bus's tracks. Mm. So they appeared to be from a van. So now they were speculating that someone had used the van to take all of the children. Um, and there weren't any footprints found around the area, which led them to believe that whoever did this had placed the children from the bus into the van without ever stepping on the ground. Um, and this was the biggest mass abduction at that time. Um, so these parents' worst nightmare had come true. Their, char their children had been kidnapped, and they had no idea where they were or if they were okay. I can't even imagine. Yeah. That's 26 kids go missing? Yeah. And they're, like, young. Like, yeah, most of them... 5 to 14? Yeah. Oof. Yeah. Most of them were, like, 7 to 8, 9, you know, that area. Yeah. So... Yeah, so at this point, people began to look away from Ed being the main suspect, and they began to worry that this could have been the job of the Zodiac Killer. So... Oh. Yeah, so... That was going on at this time. Yeah, so in 1969, seven years prior to this kidnapping, the Zodiac Killer had written one of his many infamous letters saying... Um, this is the Zodiac speaking. I am the murderer of the taxi driver over by Washington Street and Maple Street last night. To prove this, here is a bloodstained piece of his shirt. I am the same man who did in the, uh, who did in the people in the North Bay area. The uh, SF police could have caught me last night if they had searched the park properly instead of holding road races with their motorcycles seeing who could make the most noise. The car drivers should have just parked their cars and sat there quietly waiting for me to come out of cover. School children make nice char nice targets. I think I shall wipe out a school bus some morning. Just shoot out the front tire and then pick off the kitties as they come bouncing out. Oh, God. Yeah. Well, so. <laughs> that's fucking horrific, but he didn't shoot out the school bus. Yeah, there's no, there's no, you know. But yeah, I, oof. Yeah, but that's what they were worried about. They're like, well. Yeah, they got no other theory. <laughs> yeah. Because Ed, Ed doesn't seem to be involved at this point. Yeah. And, I mean, for those who don't know, the Zodiac Killer was never caught. Um, and the police actually received their final letter from him two years prior to this kidnapping. So people believed that it was possible that the Zodiac could have been behind this. Um, you know, which would have been just an absolute nightmare. Um, and yeah, but, I mean, he's got to be dead by now, right? I, I mean, I haven't really done all the research. Hopefully. Who knows? Yeah. But... <laughs> Um, the other option was a ransom being involved in this kidnapping, but that didn't make much sense since the area was very rural and full of a bunch of farmers and families that really didn't have any money. Right. Um, so to pick up these random 26 children who didn't have wealthy parents to begin with seemed highly unlikely. 
Um, ultimately, no one knew who could have done this or why they would do this. And the search continued with dogs and horses and helicopters and FBI agents, the whole police force, and many, many volunteers. Nearly everyone was trying to help in just any way they could. Um, and they found out that the tire tracks were in fact from vans, uh, but more specifically, the white creepy vans that you picture when you think of someone being kidnapped. Well, surprise, surprise. <laughs> right. Um, they so, busted out the horses for this? Yeah. Damn. Think of, I mean, it's 26 children. Like, well, I know, but I'm just... <laughs> I'm gonna, like, envisioning... I know. <laughs> fucking yeah, the horses clomping Horses around. just, like, riding on. I mean, I guess they kind of just have horses available since they're farmers. That's probably true, yeah. yeah. It's rural. Yeah, and they could cover more ground, I guess. Yeah. So, yeah. The whole, the whole community is out here, and the FBI... Um, so witnesses had come forward saying that the day the children were abducted, they had seen two of these vans lurking around. Um, and obviously, you know, they were noticed because these vans really weren't seen in this area. So members of the community were put on watch, which basically meant that they were given police radios. And if they spotted another van like that, they could report it in. Um, so investigators were also watching the Bank of America in Chowchilla since that was the bank that Ed and his wife used because Ed was still a suspect in the kidnapping. Um, they just wanted to make sure that there wasn't any movement in either of their accounts at this time. Um, so they also started to believe that the book, The Day the Children Vanished, was possibly inspiration for the kidnapping. Um, this book was about a busload of children who were abducted, uh, but only as a distraction so a gang could get into the town and rob a bank because everyone was out searching for these kids, so there wasn't anyone to watch the bank, um, and they got a ton of money because of it. So, you know, that was just another reason that both Wait, banks... this happened, or this is, like, a published plan? It's a book. Or it's a book. Yeah, it's just, like, a story that I thought it could have been, you know, mirrored after. Gotcha. So that's why. So that, we have the Zodiac Killer and then book for bank robbers. Yeah. Both as leading theories. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they had no idea. So is there only one bank in this town? So there, I think there was like two because they said. Uh, okay. They said you know both banks in Chowchilla were being monitored to yeah, make so sure you that lock that shit down. Yeah, just to make sure that no ransom demands were being made, you know, or anything like that. So, and honestly, they were kind of hoping something like this would happen because. That way they could at least get some kind of answer and possibly even get the children back because, you know... Yeah, I, the bank robbing would be... I don't know. Like, at least nobody dies then. It's just yeah. like... Yeah, they're like, money, okay, just give whatever, me Whatever, I don't give a shit. Back. Give me my kids. Because yeah, that's the only... That's the, you know, only thing that's important at this point is that there's 26 children missing, so... Yeah. Is this still day one? Um, I think this is going into day two. Because... Gotcha. Yeah, I, this is like... This goes on for, like, I don't know if it's, like, two days or three, but, um, but, yeah. Three so, days. Wow. I think it's, like, two days, but, like, two full days. Um, so, so, yeah, this is when the authorities released a statement saying about, um, 175 pupils from kindergarten through either grade were picked up from, uh, for, were picked up for school shortly before the summer session began at 8.45 a.m. After a morning of academic-oriented classes, arithmetic, history, and so forth, Whoa. the pupils, as usual, <laughs> as usual, spent the afternoon in a variety of recreational pursuits, including a swimming uh, outing for some. School ended at 3.45 p.m., and the bus driven by Mr. Ray left the Dairyland School, which is in a separate, uh, no, which is in a sparsely settled farming area 12 miles west of here. The bus made three stops down, uh, to drop off children and continued on. At about 4.15 p.m., for unknown reasons, it went off its normal route. Instead of turning right at an intersection leading to the fourth stop, it apparently continued west um, toward what is called the Berenda. It was in that place that the bus was found at about 7 p.m. after parents began calling the school inquiring about their children. So, I mean, that's just everything we've said up until this point. But they right. just, that's their statement. So, Gotcha. Yeah. So, the oldest boy on this bus was 14-year-old Michael Marshall. Um, and according to Once Upon a Time podcast, he was not normally on this bus. Um, so his mom would normally pick him up around noon after school, like after like the, the learning portion of the day. And then Michael would just spend the rest of his day, you know, doing other things. So, right. Yeah. So 
the only reason he was on this bus this day was because the day prior he had gotten into a little bit of trouble. So he was picked up at noon and Michael had gone home, but his mother had to go back to work. So when she returned home, she found Michael and his friend Dougie had gotten drunk off of some beer they found. So his oh. mother told him that he needed to stay at the school program if he had nothing better to do. So that's the only reason he's on this bus is because he got drunk the day before with his friend, which sucks oh, because what God. a day to be on the bus. <laughs> like, <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah. That, that sucks. I mean, he's just 14. Yeah, yeah. And he was angry about it because usually he'd use this time to practice rodeo riding and his father was a professional and he wanted to follow in his dad's yeehaw footsteps footsteps. (laughs) that's i was just that's what i wrote down i liked that i I, (laughs) we got it yeah we got it um that's awesome so he he has a rodeo family yeah how does one become a professional rodeo person i don't know you just yeehaw your way through life i guess hold on yeah, you just <laughs> hold, hold on. on. Um, yeah, so it really sucks that he took the bus that day, but honestly, it's like kind of for the best because he really did help Ed like a lot throughout the entire thing that happened. So yeah, no, I was thinking like if everyone's seven and eight, um, it's not really helpful. But if you have like a thirteen or fourteen yeah. year old who's like I don't know, maybe big for their age, yeah, probably is a little pretty helpful yeah and there were a couple like 11 and 12 year olds but he was the oldest at 14 which is like so crazy yeah i know (laughs) could you imagine do you remember being 14 no that's like he's what (laughs) eighth grade ninth grade yeah i'd say like ninth grade i mean he's in middle school i want to say so probably eighth grade yeah Yeah. he's an eighth grader oof what a time what a time that's the oldest person yeah wow other than ed yeah poor ed but So um, there were 19 girls and seven boys total. And like I said earlier, most of them were uh, aged around seven to 10 year olds. Um, There were a handful of kids that were uh, that were five and six and the youngest being a little girl named Monica, who was still four years old at the time. She was almost five, but she wasn't quite yet. Yeah. Are you even in school technically when you're four? I thought that was preschool. Yeah. Well, she was almost five. So I'm sure she was like, you know, in the kindergarten, um, you know, age. But so one of the children, seven-year-old Sherry Hensley's parents stayed at the police station the entire time. And her mother said, it's a group of people who want money or publicity or both, and they'll get it. Look at all the reporters that are here. They're going to get all the attention they want, which was completely true because the phones were ringing off the hook um, and reporters were everywhere trying to get statements and the entire community was helping in any way that they could. But no one had any information about where these children's where these children's these were. children's um and just the whole thing was just very chaotic um so they waited for hours and hours and stayed up all night long which ended up paying off because at around 4 a.m on friday uh, the 16th the police department would get a call um this call was made from a hundred miles away from livermore at a rock quarry Um, And the caller reported that he found a busload of children and the bus driver and they were all completely okay. So uh, that's my story. That's all. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, Can you imagine? It's like, (laughs) hmm. (laughs) Yeah, that's all. Um, So all 27 of them were mentally and physically exhausted, but they were alive. Um, And they were all taken in by the FBI, given food, blankets, comfort, and any medical attention if they needed it. Um, And then they were all... Hold on. Yes. The, they were found a hundred miles away in Livermore, miles, yeah. completely fine, other than like being shaken up and not like probably dehydrated and starving. Mm-hmm. What the fuck? Like, where is this abductor? He uh, just well, like left him there. Like, um, what? I don't get what the. Why? Yeah. Why'd you do it, dude? Right. That's. I mean, that's what everyone was asking. They they were like, what the what what? <laughs> like, yeah. What the fuck? Huh? So they just found the van. No. No. They found, they, f- they found them. They found the kids and Ed. No van. Okay, so... Well, I'm, I'm about to tell you what happened. Please get into, like, <laughs> where... Like, how... How... Like, how were they found? Like, I'm, I'm confused, like... Uh, A guard. So they... Huh? So they... So they end up, you know, getting out of the situation that they're in, and they run, and they find a guard, like, who's, like, stationed on the site that they're in. And the guard calls the police the site that they're in i'm gonna get to it 
do you want me to just keep please going? please let's go. just jump in so <laughs> so here's what happened um so at around 4 15 p.m they were headed to the fourth stop as we know and so they were headed down a very narrow gravel road um and there was a white van parked in the middle of the road so the van had its hood up so ed slowly tried to get past it but also you know went slowly to try to see if everyone was all right because again he's just a great guy and wanted to help everyone in the community so if they did need help he was going to stop right um and so uh as he slowed down three men got out of the van holding guns and had pantyhose on their faces um they demanded to get on the bus and forced ed to the back of the bus with their guns Um, They shouted for the children to be quiet, um, and that's when one of the men went back to the white van, and the other two began driving the school bus down the road with the van following behind. So the youngest girl, Monica, um, actually, remember, she's four years old, actually asked one of the men if he was the Easter Bunny because the legs of the pantyhose were draped on the sides of his head, making it look like he had long ears. Could you fucking imagine being Ed? I know. I know. Like, is that not just the most the sad The creepiest, thing? like, sad, I don't know, like... Fucked up. How... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she's like, are you the Easter Bunny? It's like, no. No, honey. Yeah. And so the man screamed at her. And after this, she just clung to Ed for safety and wouldn't let him go. Um, right. At least Ed was there to comfort her. Yeah. Yeah. Ed is... Yeah. Ed really... I feel bad for Ed. <laughs> yeah damn he's just trying to help these motherfuckers i oh god this that poor man you know yeah he's just just trying to he just he's just trying to do his job and easter is ruined forever for that little girl (laughs) yeah a lot of things are ruined for these poor children they're scarred um so they were driven through thickets of bamboo and mud and down bumpy roads um and you know they're just being tossed about in this van or in this uh school bus and that's when they reached the shallow branch of the Chowchilla river and so that's when they were forced off of the bus through the back and into the white van um and another van that was already at the location so there's two vans two vans yeah okay. so one of the children larry park said he was too scared to move and he was just wondering how it was going to feel to die um Ugh. these children some as young as five like i said or, or four really Um, are getting screamed at and you know held at a gunpoint by a shotgun like they're staring down the barrel of shotguns which is like at five years old five years old so wow (laughs) just wow you know so one van had ed Ed in it with a bunch of the children and then the other had michael with a bunch of the small children so at least they both had their split yeah right um so and, you know, Michael's 14, so, you know, but he really does step up and take care of the little kids. So nine-year-old Jennifer Brown and her younger brother Jeff were separated at this point, which was even more terrifying for them. Um, Jennifer said she felt like she was an animal going off to the slaughterhouse. Um, and there were far too many children to be in the back of these vans, so they were all basically just shoved in the back on top of each other without any seats or anything to hold on to. And there was absolutely no no source of airflow back there. It was 100 degrees that day, so they were basically boiling. Um, and to make matters even worse, the, the three kidnappers had boarded up the inside of the vans, so there wasn't any windows or any source of light whatsoever. Um, they also had no food or water, um, and they would be driving in these conditions for nearly 12 hours with no bathroom breaks. Oh my god, this is literally like... Um, like the Holocaust when they shipped the Jews off to the concentration camp. Like this is... Oof, what a comparison. <laughs> is it not? I, I mean, they're shoved in together with no food or water yeah, it's not, not for good. 12 hours. Oh, yeah. And that... they're going to be like probably having to go to the bathroom on each other. Yeah, well, they did. That's they fucked like, up. They like threw up on each other and like, you know, used the bathroom and it was... And they think that they're going to die. Yeah. So, no, I don't I know. Mean, Seems I guess pretty... It is... Yeah, no, I guess. Seems almost the same. How horrific. Yeah, seriously. Um, Who are these people? Right. And please get to what they want. Yeah, so the younger children were crying and begging to go home, so the older children began... Excuse me, again. I just drank a LaCroix, so I'm a little bit like... Oh, you're a little bubbly? I'm a little bubbly inside. (laughs) Um, They 
the older children began singing to the younger children to try to soothe them. Um, and they sang songs like, if you're happy and you know it, and, the lo and love will keep us together. Um, so almost 12 hours of driving later, the vans came to a stop and the children were taken out of the van one by one. The men would shut the doors in between grabbing out each of the, each of the children. So, you know, the other kids in the van are left in the dark, not knowing what the hell they're doing to the people that were taken out. And Ed was actually taken out first. So he's not even oh, there. Oh, the to only life. adult yeah. goes first. Right. So, oh. um, yeah. So when they were pulled out, they were uh, made to tell the men in the pantyhose their names, their addresses, their phone numbers, and to give them a piece of clothing. Um, so the last two kids in the van were Michael, the oldest boy, and five-year-old, or really four-year-old Monica. Um, and he said he didn't want to give her to the kidnappers, so he went first, and they had to rip their hands apart. Um, after, after this, they were forced down a ladder into a hole in the ground. Um, back into the darkness and it was basically like this buried box so it had a covered top and some structure but not much air at all um, the only light they had was a tiny flashlight that Ed was given and Jennifer said she thought that they were sending them to hell when she saw the ladder going underground Wow! like th these kids are so young you know she's right. like oh we're going to hell <laughs> like we're just holy crap we're going to hell um, Imagine believing that you're actually going to hell. I know. Like, that's... Like, in real time. Yeah. These kids are like, they have no idea what is going on or for what reason this could possibly be happening. And she, they, the only thing that she could think of was, oh, yeah, we're going to hell. Right. <laughs> yeah, but they're obviously... They're going the ransom route because I don't think... Yeah. I feel like they wouldn't have asked for phone numbers and clothing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So they're, they're pretty much trying to just, you know, construct a list of all these children to get ransom money. Um... Yeah, so the men held guns on them, forcing them to go into this dirt hole in the ground. Um, and once they got, once they're all down there, the ladder was immediately pulled up and then covered, uh, and then they covered the hole with dirt, leaving them in the dark. So the inside of this, you know, thing that they were in was terrifying. The walls looked like they were made of loose wire that was about to cave in. Then the walls were held, held up by some crickety ass looking wood beams. Mm -hmm. Um the there was dirt falling from the ceiling um and it just gave off cave-in vibes as fuck. Yeah. like it <laughs> cave -in was vibes. like he was <laughs> this hole was serving you cave-in vibes yeah af so not not uh comforting mm -mm. so uh inside there were dirty mattresses a couple of containers of water um cereal peanut butter uh and bread but it was really only enough to last that many people one meal so there was a makeshift toilet, which was just a small hole, um, you know, even further into the ground. Um, and there were some small air tubes that were letting in a faint breeze from a small fan that was battery operated. Um, but the batteries would slowly uh, and surely die, which made it just much harder to breathe. Um, yeah. So like, is this like a hole straight down? Like, mm -mm. so or is it kind of like an L? No. So it, it's almost it's like a big rectangle okay in the ground but like they it's, it's if a, they look up they're looking out no but it's like covered yes okay yes yeah yeah i'm like will, i'm just wondering if it's like a tunnel no it will it's, it's a it's a buried moving van if you want to know a buried moving van yeah so the, these kidnappers buried a moving van it's a fucking big hole yeah and then they just cut a little hole in the top of it to like lower the children in so Jesus. Yeah, so it's it's not not great. Um so one of the little girls, Linda, promised God that if she got out alive, she would be the best little girl in the world for the rest of her life. And so these kids began to give up hope. They're dirty, they're tired, they're hungry, they're terrified. But Ed and the oldest, Michael, decided that they were not going to give up hope and die without trying. So they began stacking these mattresses from uh where they knew they had entered. Um, and the stack was actually tall enough for them to reach the top, but there was some sort of steel blocking the entrance so they couldn't open it up. Um, they ended up, uh, taking down one of the rickety wooden beams to try to use that, but that was incredibly risky because they didn't know if the entire thing would just cave in. Mm -hmm. Um, and luckily they were able to use that beam to pry off this steel sheet that was blocking the entrance 
And that's when they realized that they couldn't actually get out because the entrance was being held down by tractor batteries, which are extremely heavy. So Ed, Michael, Jeff, and Robert, who are all just older boys, mm-hmm. all worked tirelessly to try to inch these heavy tractor batteries off of whatever was covering the entrance. Um, and they used the little, the little water that they had to pour on themselves to try to combat the heat exhaustion because if they were if they were unable to work, they were, you know, dead, dead, they were dead. So yeah, so they were taking turns and they kept going and eventually the steel plate moved and they were able to dig some dirt aside and saw some light peeking through. So they then sent one super brave small boy through the hole to see if the coast was clear because none of them could fit through the hole and they didn't know if these kidnappers were you know just standing there waiting for them to try to escape so they sent this little boy through the hole to see Um, oh my god yeah (laughs) and some of them believe that they're in hell yeah they don't know what is going on could you i like you don't i mean when you're just a normal adult you don't know what the hell's going on but like like, (laughs) (laughs) just barely yeah just, just enough like just enough but like these children are they have no goddamn clue so yeah, so this little boy is put through this little hole, um, and he was able to fit out of the hole, and he, when he came back down, he told him that the coast was clear. So one by one, the older boys were able to get themselves out. I guess they, you know, digged further out, um, and Ed stayed behind to help lift the smaller kids and push them out through the hole. Um, so Ed was able to climb out himself, um, after all, you know, all the children had been lifted out. Um, and once they were all out of the hole, they started to run. They were obviously exhausted and they pushed forward to made, uh, oh, hello. I, (laughs) I'm going to re-say that sentence. (laughs) (laughs) They were obviously exhausted and they pushed forward and made it to a guard building. Um, it turns out that they were buried on a construction site and there was a guard that was stationed on this, you know, construction site. So at 4 a.m., Ed and all these kids roll up and before anyone says anything, this guard knew exactly who they were and said, quote, the world's been looking for you. Wow. Yeah. So the guard. Also, imagine how surprised that guard is because they're 100 miles away. Right. Right. Yeah. He's just seeing the news and he's like, wow, look at all these kids. But like they got buried on a construction site Mm -hmm. and there's a guard always there and they didn't notice them getting like. It's a big construction site. Oh, okay. What were they building? I don't know. Something. Something. Something big. Something big. I don't know. But yeah. So we're going to, you know, go back to this construction site. So they're found. Yes, they're found. So the guard called the police and this is when this is this i don't know this made me laugh it's a little bit uh morbid but we're not morbid but when ed and the kids were sent home they were put back on a bus to chow chill no. to be re- reunited with their parents i was like you couldn't you couldn't send them on any other thing yeah right <laughs> have had their parents come like i know that's a waste not of enough gas, ptsd but like, jesus christ you're gonna put them on a bus again yeah i don't know maybe it was the quickest i was like you crazy police what crazy police <laughs> you crazy people why they're traumatized but anyway um so now that they knew that everyone was safe they needed to figure out who the fuck could have done something like this. Right. So they retraced their steps back from the guard station to the point where they had been buried. And they discovered that they were in the back of a moving van, like I said earlier. And they had been buried into the ground and, you know, lowered through this makeshift hole. So naturally, they looked into anyone who had access to the site um, and if anyone would have had a motive. So now we're going to get into the portion of the story where we talk about the absolute goddamn idiots who tried to get away with the quote-unquote perfect crime i hate them so (laughs) (laughs) who doesn't (laughs) well obviously but like they're so freaking stupid so in their search they came across the owner's son the owner's son frederick paul woods the fourth the fourth yeah that's the first three were not enough (sighs) um (laughs) so (laughs) Uh, So he and his two friends had previously been arrested for Grand Theft Auto, but had been released on probation. And these two friends were James Schoenfeld and Richard Schoenfeld. Sorry, so this is 
the owner's son, meaning he owns the moving car he, or the moving truck. So he owns the construction site. Oh, okay. And but the 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 moving van was purchased under Richard's name or not Richard, um, Fre- Frederick, 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 yeah, Fred, Fred, idiot. Um. So yeah. So yeah. He, him and his two friends. So investigators wanted to speak to Richard, so they paid a little visit to his wealthy parents' home because obviously this little bitch still lives with his parents. Um, and are you he, kidding me? <laughs> no, his parents are wealthy as shit, and he's a little bitch boy. So he's like he's gonna, living at home. He's gonna mooch off of mommy and daddy as long as he can. So um, how old is he? Yeah, in his twenties. I Oof. don't know. They didn't say. Um, so investigators, uh, yes. So he wasn't there. He wasn't there. And so they got a search warrant and (laughs) they got a search warrant for his parents' house and his, obviously his bedroom. And they, there, they found a very detailed plan of this kidnapping, as well as a $5 million ransom note that looked like a first draft. And his first, his draft. first draft ransom note and oh one God. of the guns they had used um, were also found. So the moving van, like I said, had been purchased by Frederick Woods. And these three boys were in their 20s, all from very wealthy families, and they had never worked a day in their stupid lives. So their families said that they needed to do something with their lives and start making money on their own. Um, and Frederick had a really bad temper and he didn't want to, you know, do anything. He didn't get along with anyone except for these two brothers. So yeah, they just, they were like, we're gonna, we're gonna kidnap just a busload of children and get $5 million. So their pictures, right. right. That's, that's the logical next step. I mean, you can't like working. Yeah. Working for money. Don't use daddy's connections Getting to a get job. a good job and actually make yeah. a, an honest living. Providing value. No. Like foreign concepts. Right. Like just kidnap some kids. That's what I would How do How is too. that the first thing that, that they jump like, to? Like what? <laughs> How? Like you skipped so many steps on the way to 26 child abductions. Right. Right. Oh my God. Yeah. So their pictures were put into the newspapers as wanted men. Um, so surprisingly on july 23rd only eight days later richard schoenfeld who was one of the brothers i believe the younger one walked into the police station willingly he had returned home and confessed confessed to his parents that he was willing to talk to the police so he confessed to everything and told them that frederick and james had gone their separate ways but he explained what they looked like what kind of guns they could be carrying and they went on a nationwide manhunt to try to find them on July 17th, a tip was called in from a man saying he saw someone who looked like James at a beach in Washington, and the police arrived and arrested him, because, idiot. Um, he said he was <laughs> going to turn himself in, but, like, who the fuck knows or cares? Um, boo freaking who? You idiot. That's what I have written down on my notes. <laughs> he, I was going to turn myself in, but the beach was just but so much just more. just had to catch those rays first, dude. <laughs> fuck off also their ransom note never made it so they never actually demanded ransom um and also like they turned themselves in but like they were just gonna leave them to die in that moving truck like they weren't coming back yeah so i have this written down later on but they're they were going to demand five million dollars ransom um but when they tried to call in to the police station the lines were so backed up because obviously 26 children were missing so they couldn't get through the through to the police so they they fell asleep (laughs) i'm getting i'm getting ahead of myself i'm gonna i'm gonna keep going where i have it so (laughs) they're so stupid they're so stupid um so yeah uh they arrested uh frederick no they arrested james so fred's the only one left yes so not long after frederick was arrested in vancouver canada um so james had also tried to get into canada but was turned away turned away because he gave them some bullshit story about needing to stay with a friend and apparently he didn't have any money so they turned him away i guess um and when he returned to try a second time they searched his car and found a gun so he was turned away a second time and so richard made it into canada pretty quickly and easily um and then he checked into a hotel under an alias do you mean frederick yes thank you yes frederick 
This is, yeah. Um, that so, guy. That guy, that idiot. Um, so he wrote a letter to a friend back in California saying that he was okay and where he was, but that stupid-ass idiot got himself turned in because the friend just brought the letter to the police because, hello, you're not gonna... Yeah, like, oh yeah, I'm fine and I'm okay. Yeah, imagine... After I have abducted 26 children and the bus driver. Right. Imagine, like, getting a letter from imagine, one of like, your friends and it being like, I just kidnapped 26 kids, but I'm chilling in Vancouver, Canada. Hope they're not dead. Like... Like a postcard. <laughs> like, don't turn me in. haha. Like... What? What? I was like, well, um, you got a lot of faith in that friend, buddy. I, right. Seriously. <laughs> I think you're just dumb, actually. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just like so stupid. Idiot. It's like, well, I have to say, of the things you could do to lose a friendship, this has got to <laughs> be one of them. Like, this has yeah. got to be the last straw. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but so after, who is this friend? I don't know. It's just some some person in California. He wrote a letter to. Who he believes cares who he where believed, he yeah, wouldn't cares turn that him he's in. okay. Right. Jesus. So um, after questioning, the police found out that these boys liked crime movies, specifically the Clint Eastwood film Dirty Harry, which includes a killer hijacking a school bus. So these idiots wanted to make their own movie together and were apparently making moves to do that, but started to mesh fiction with reality and decided that they wanted to commit the perfect crime because this is so perfect they're so smart um and clearly these boys because i'm not going to call them men because they're not were in dire need of money because their parents were going to stop giving them money so wow <laughs> i hate them. crazy the trust fund runs out right what happens when the trust fund runs dry oh no oh god um so they knew uh, they knew the parents couldn't give them that much money, but Ronald Reagan had just announced a surplus of money from the California's education department, so that's the money that they were after. Um, and they figured, you know, stealing kids off of a school bus would qualify as education, so they were like, well, we'll get that money, so... I... <laughs> <laughs> stealing that Stealing children off of a school bus qualifies as education? Right. Is that a quote? No, that's just, you know. That's what they thought? Yeah. Holy shit. They're dumb. Like, oh yeah, we allocate a percentage of our budget for child abductions every year just in case there's ransom. Yeah. And actually, that's $5 million this year and there's a surplus. Right. You guys are so right. Mm-hmm. Yep. So wow. their plan Reality does not matter. <laughs> right. So their plan was to demand five million ransom, um, uh, which they didn't even do. Yes, because of the the whole calling like they, in. <laughs> they only try one time. Yeah. So I mean, kind of. Yeah. So they. So their plan was to demand five million uh, in ransom, and then when they got the money, they would give the location of the children. But the police lines were so backed up, like I said, so they couldn't make their demands. So they began writing a letter to send, but fell asleep while writing it. Question what? mark. <laughs> Since you guys they just had committed like right. this heinous crime. But they were tired. You tired? <laughs> they had driven all night. They were so tired. Oh my god. So they Fell asleep. Like, at what point did they fall asleep and during that? Like, <laughs> what word did they? I was don't like know. the last word that they wrote. I don't know. They probably spilled their chalky milk on it. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! <laughs> so, uh, so when they had woken up the next morning, they were greeted by the news the children and Ed had freed themselves. So, which baffled Richard or Frederick? Frederick, the idiot. Which baffled I'm sure Frederick. it baffled all of them. Evil, yeah, I mean, they're all idiots, but Frederick was the bad one, so... The bad one. The, they're all bad ones. I'm sorry, I take that back. But <laughs> Frederick was, like, the evil one. The worst so, one. Yeah. So it baffled Frederick because he had gone to such great lengths to make this happen. Sorry, I bet he doesn't even know what baffled means at this point. <laughs> Probably. So they <laughs> pled guilty to kidnapping, ransom, robbery, um, but not the infliction of bodily harm. 
um, because there was some debate whether or not mental trauma was considered bodily harm at the time. Um, but all three men were found guilty on all charges, including bodily harm, um, and were sentenced to life without parole. Um, this was overturned in 1981 because of this question of the definition of what bodily harm was. So their sentence went from life without the possibility of parole to life with the possibility of parole. And people were pissed. Right. Yes. What? So after how long do they get considered for parole in this sentence? It's like life with the chance of parole. Is it like chance of parole after like 30 or 40 years? Yeah, I think it was something like that. I don't really know how many years. But so, um, yeah, so everyone was pissed, especially the parents, because they had seen firsthand how affected these children were. They had nightmares and they were claustrophobic and they were terrified. And um, that didn't matter because they weren't harmed physically. So... 20 years after the abduction in 1996 the three men were interviewed in prison um and they were said that they were they said that they were sorry um but they were sorry i don't care like (laughs) i don't care about you or that you're sorry sorry. yeah sorry sorry shut up (laughs) shut up so 36 years after the abduction in 2012 richard was released not frederick richard um was released and three years after that his brother james was also released frederick was not released because he's still a dirtbag and said that he had no remorse and that the kids were remembering it wrong and they he didn't do anything wrong imagine did he just try to gaslight these kids yes these 26 (laughs) kids and ed (laughs) yeah he's like these stupid idiots are remembering it wrong i didn't hurt them what Oh, right. When you packed them into a van that was like 100 degrees. Right. When you held a shotgun at the head of a four-year-old. Sick. Yeah. And then you put them into like... (laughs) And then you sent them to hell. Holocaust-like conditions to go bury them in a moving truck. Right. Underground with no air and like nothing to eat and drink anyway and no remorse so he doesn't care he's yep. not released um so yep. so let's Shrot. go yeah so let's go slightly back in time to when the children were reunited with their parents for a sec so after the entire ordeal um and you know they're reunited with their parents lions club whatever i don't know sent what? a lions club sent all the children on a paid trip to disneyland and they put money into ed's retirement fund um, and in 2016, the children who survived had settled a lawsuit against their abductors, which was said to be enough to get some therapy, but not enough to buy a house. So that sucks. Wait, what? What? 2016? Yep. When did they start the suit? I don't know. But they... That they... just seemed like so long after it happened. Yeah, well, I mean, now they're like adults, you know? Now they well, know. not only are they adults, they're like 50 or 40. Yeah. Right? Because yeah. they were, this happened in 77. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And like, they're all about like, what, 10? Yeah, well, yeah. Um, yeah, 10-ish. Okay, and pop out the numbers. Okay, Do it. 42 years later. Give me the numbers. I mean, they're, they're, they're basically like, yeah. probably in their late 40s, early yeah, 50s. Yeah, they're adults. But, you know, I mean... Wouldn't you, as an adult, be like, I should get some um, from some? No, I would have been like trying to get money in my twenties. Well, yeah, but I guess that's what they should have. I guess they they should have gotten that. I don't know. I'm like curious if it took them that long to litigate this. I don't know, because that's just fucking insane. Yeah. Well, they settled it in 2016. They they got enough for therapy, but but not not to buy a house. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And in 2019. Frederick was up for a new parole hearing, but was denied again because he never took responsibility for what he did. And I believe his next parole hearing is set for like 2024. But like, I he's just gonna stay in prison because that right that guy sucks. Is this this is like literally? They're like, take responsibility for what you did. Yeah, just say Freddy. you're sorry, idiot. <laughs> Do you want to go in time out for the rest of and your he's life? Like, he's like. <laughs> We like he bought a mansion like a couple minutes away from the prison, and he's never seen it. Like he's just Wait, he has that and he much got, money. Yeah, and he got married because he's he's his family's fucking rich. I guess they didn't. They went back on their word about cutting off his trust fund. I don't really. Well, did know. they die and like leave it to him? I think he also was like running a couple businesses. 
From prison? I don't know what how it works, but apparently he's got, like, quite a bit of money and also got married in prison, but is still a dirtbag. Like, just a crazy guy, so. What the fuck? I don't know. Um, in 2012, Ed passed away at 91. He, uh, but he went to his grave as a hero and actually won an award for what he did. Um, the children he helped save kept in touch with Ed throughout their lives, and on his deathbed, they came to say goodbye to him and thank him one last time for what he did. Um, and every February 26th in Chowchilla is Edward Ray and Children Day to celebrate them and what they went through. And that is the Chowchilla school bus kidnapping. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Wow. Ta-da! 91's a good run for Ed. Yeah. Oh, Ed. <laughs> yeah, I know. What a good guy. Yeah, I'm so glad that they... I mean, it's a survival podcast, but, yeah. like, yeah, this could have gone a lot worse if they couldn't have gotten out. Yeah. 26 children in a 26. hole with only enough food for one day, and these fuckers couldn't even just stay awake them. to write a letter. Like, yeah. idiots. I... Oof. What? What? <laughs> And, like, still, 30, 34 years later, he still doesn't have any remorse for yeah. what he did? Yeah, he literally was like, oh, yeah, if they say that, that that they're affected by it and they're hurt by it, they're remembering it wrong. They're remembering it wrong? Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, were you there? Like, like were you like, literally <laughs> in the freaking hole or in the back of the van? Like, you it's weren't. It's not like they're remembering it wrong. They're <laughs> right. dealing with they're trauma. They're just dealing it's not with remembering. it. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. That is that on that. That um, is that on that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you have anything else to say about it, or would you like to move on to your happy thing? Uh, yeah, I don't know. What other words could be said yeah, about I this guess fuck there's, face? There's nothing else. They suck. I mean, but, yeah. Do you, you know. do you know like uh, like kind of like the after story of any of the kids that they like go on mm. to do anything hopefully productive and I, weren't yeah, like I think a couple completely of them are. hampered by this yeah i think i i don't know really the specific stories because i didn't get fully into that but yeah, i mean there was 26 of them mm-hmm. yeah i know one of them um met richard after he was released from prison and he like he uh you know let him apologize and like accepted it because he just needed to like get that out he was like i can't hold on to this forever so wow yeah that's actually really nice of that survivor yeah no i mean like it was for the survivor like he he needed oh, to like he needed he to needed it oh okay yeah he needed to forgive him so oh, okay so yeah i thought you meant like richard felt like he needed to no. apologize well i mean they did apologize but like i don't care about them i care about the survivors so yeah he True. needed to forgive them because he held on to like a lot of anger and fear and you know yeah so but yeah and they got they got let out probably in their 60s or 70s yeah i think around there but you know anyway what's your happy thing oh uh my cousin is in la oh yeah and we're gonna meet up next week i haven't seen him in like shit two two three years that's cool and then all of a sudden he lives in arizona Mm -hmm. uh but for some reason is in la for a couple weeks cool that's nice i'm gonna say what's up hey dude yo cuz i'm here yeah dude, like i live here dude like i live like i live here, here live yeah. here um yeah mine is that i like kind of accidentally bought hair oh dye. you're gonna become a ginger <laughs> i'm gonna probably become a ginger i don't know we're it's we're in 2020 i have never dyed my hair i feel like i need to change it up and it's gonna happen and it's gonna happen probably and you accidentally bought it kind of <laughs> <laughs> it all happened so fast right I kind of want to cut bangs, but also I don't want to go crazy. Not like straight across bangs, but like, like swoopy, like oh, side the, bangs, oh. <laughs> like little curtain bangs, like all the little TikTokers have. The little TikTokers. Yeah. T- Is that curtain, a trend now? Tur- curtain bangs are. Curtain bangs. Curtain bangs are. That's hot. the shit. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see. Are you gonna cut your own bangs? I'm thinking. Do, ab- do I'm it. thinking about it. You're thinking about it. That's bold. It. I'm feeling bold right now. Oh yeah. Yeah. Are you going to buy that little clip that helps you cut your hair? No. No? No. As seen on Shark Tank? Yeah, as seen on Shark Tank. Um, but anyway, if you'd like to follow us on Instagram and keep up with pictures that we post or, you know, just 
little shenanigans, uh, follow us on Instagram at nottoday underscore podcast. If you or anyone you know has a story of survival or true crime or paranormal or anything interesting at all, send us an email. We'd love to hear from you. Our Gmail is notodaypodcast at gmail.com. If you'd like to follow us on Twitter, our handle is notodaypodcast, uh, not but the T on the end of podcast is a three, three. because that makes sense. Um, follow us on Facebook. We're just notodaypodcast. Uh, that's it, I think. Hell yeah. Yeah. We, we did it, guys. We did it. Just keep breathing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was a weird <laughs> one. Yeah. <laughs>